We will be giving our annual Christmas for Christ offering. If you don't know what that is, Christmas for Christ is an annual offering that goes to plant churches across North America. And what we, the vision behind it is we give our best gift, our best gift goes to Jesus Christ. Meaning, hey, if you spend $100 on your spouse, don't give the Lord 10 Let's give our greatest Christmas gift to the one who we're celebrating at Christmas time, right? And so you can give it today if you prefer, but if you go on the Church Center app, you can choose. There's a line, Christmas for Christ. You can do it through the website. If you write a check, just make sure you put in the memo line, Christmas for Christ or CFC. We know what that is. And so when you give to this offering, not one dollar of this offering is kept in-house. It's not kept here in, in, at Refuge Church. Everything is sent off, and, and so at that point, the district, we're a part of a, a, an organization called the United Pentecostal Church International, and in, in that global organization, in North America, there are districts, so we are part of the Missouri district, so our offering gets sent into the Missouri district office. At that point, 60% goes to the national office, and we help plant churches all across North America. I think I have a slide for that. Um, 60% stays uh, or goes global and then 40% stays right here in the Missouri district. Meaning when you give to Christmas for Christ, every $100, 40 bucks stays to help plant churches right here in the state of Missouri. And this year we're going to have some fun too. I know you don't give to get awarded. Our awards are heavenly. But I now serving where I do with as a Missouri District North American Missions Director, I get little goodies here and there. And I was like, I'm not going to keep these. I'm going to pass these on. So fun little stuff. Whoever this year is, whoever is the top three givers of this church, you're going to get small gifts for Christmas for Christ. One is a gold coin. It says church in a day. And it says United Pentecostal Church in a day. And that you get your choice. This right here is a nice little Christmas for Christ reminder and token. Then, this one's pretty awesome. Last year, our district broke, our, our national, our nation, it came, oh, that's just the extra pen. It didn't break, don't worry. Last year as a nation, we raised over $6 million for Christmas for Christ. And... If any of you like guns, this, you can't see this, but this is a very unique pen. It's got like the chamber where you pull it back for like a gun, and the tip is, looks like a bullet. And then it says CFC 2020, and it's got the amount of over $6 million here. That, that nice engraved pen. And lastly, socks that say Christmas for Christ. So whoever steps up and gives the top three givers, number one gets their choice, number two, and then three gets the leftover. But you're going to get some exciting Christmas for Christ gifts this year. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, I know right now, you give like five grand, this is going to be the most expensive $5,000 pair of socks you'll ever buy. But... That's the what this morning. The what is, yeah, it's an offering. It's called Christmas for Christ. Happens every year. 40% stays in Missouri. But now this morning, I want to actually take a little bit of time.
to preach the why. That's the what. Why is it important? Why do I care about some pair of socks or some pen or some coin? It's more than that. This morning I want to preach. We need a church. We need a church. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to stand in this pulpit today. I don't take that lightly. God, you've given me a message that I believe can change lives, not just here, but it's going to plant something in someone's heart to change lives across the state of Missouri and even globally. Lord, let our minds and our hearts be open because it doesn't matter how powerful your word is. If our mind isn't open and our heart's not open to receive it, then nothing happens. But Lord, if there's a group of men and women here today and watching online who will listen with an open heart and who will pray, oh, church, I want to hear some voices raised right now. Lord, speak to us today, God. Lord, we just worshiped you, and I believe that that opens the door for the supernatural. I believe, Lord, that something can happen today that can, can not only impact this church, but you can use this church to impact a state and an entire continent, Lord. And so I pray, let me be anointed for your divine purpose today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, this is very much a vision message. A few years ago, God gave Missouri District leadership the following vision. It's, and this is it, very succinct but powerful. It is a thriving apostolic work in every community. And so I, I got the chance to sit on, in on that meeting even before I was elected as North American Missions Director, and I got to, to, to have some buy-in, and we got to discuss what, why we exist, what are we looking to do, why do we exist as a district, what do we want to do in the state of Missouri, and, and with that, the vision then was born in our district, and it started to get communicated with even greater clarity. Every community deserves an apostolic presence. Now, if you're here today, apostolic, when I say Pentecostal or apostolic, I'm not just talking about an organization, a denomination. Certainly, we're a part of what I, I feel it's the greatest organization in, on the face of the earth. And I think that I should feel that way. That's why I serve as a pastor in this organization. But I know that the United Pentecostal Church International is not, the they don't have a, a, a stronghold on truth, okay? There's other people preaching and living truth. I understand that. But when I say Pentecostal, that's simply, penta means 50. And when you say I'm Pentecostal, it's not just a denomination. It's saying, when I go back to the book of Acts, and it says, on the day of Pentecost, and when it was fully come, they were gathered in a place, and they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. There was an outpouring on the, of the Spirit of God on His people. When I say I'm Pentecostal, I'm saying I still believe with and adhere to that Pentecostal experience that we find in the Bible. When I say I'm apostolic, again, I'm not saying, well, I'm a part of just a denomination. No, I, I'm, I'm like the apostles. Jesus handpicked these guys, and he taught them and trained them and invested and instilled things in them. And then he gave them power and authority and said, now go reach the world. And so he handpicked these people and gave them things to go take to the world. So when I say, I'm going to read the book of the Acts of the Apostles, meaning... I don't want to just learn about their doctrine, but I want to learn about their methods and their thoughts and their approach. And so when I say I'm apostolic, I'm like the apostles, meaning I want to, I want in method, doctrine, approach, everything, I want to be like they were. And so they saw signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. They prayed for the sick and the sick recover. I want to pray for the sick and watch them recover. They prayed with people and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to pray with people and have them get filled with the Holy Ghost. 
And so when I say every community deserves that message, every community deserves an apostolic Pentecostal message. But I, and so in Missouri, I look at this and I say, as awesome as the UPCI is and as awesome as the Missouri district is where I get the privilege of serving, I know that there's still work to be done because folks, I have something very exciting on one hand, but very disheartening on the other hand. The optimist says, praise God, we're in a lot of communities. But the realist, the pessimist might say, well, we're, we're not. We have to be somewhere in the between. Go, thank God for what you've done, but we still have a lot of work to do. Because look at this next slide. There are 114 counties in one independent city in the state of Missouri. And in Missouri, 35, I'm talking about cities, 35 whole counties still do not have an apostolic presence or a Pentecostal presence in their county. The state of Missouri has 35 full counties where people who live there don't have the luxury that you just had today. In some cases, to drive up the road, to walk into a facility, hey, how are you doing? And sit down on a padded pew and hear some great music and worship a great God. There are people right now in this very state who don't have that luxury. I dream of the day when there's a UPCI work in every single city, in the whole continent, in the whole state. But first, we just need to have a UPCI work in every county. You know, when I first moved here, some of you will remember him. One of the very first converts of this church when I first came here. I got the chance to teach a lady a Bible study, and she had a man who was living with her, no romantic relationship or anything. He was just, he was just staying with her and her children, and, and he did not want a Bible study. He was not interested, but I taught her a Bible study, and I would get done teaching the Bible study, and he'd walk in from the kitchen, and he'd say, yeah, I have a question about that. People are funny sometimes. I'm not sitting in your Bible study, but I'll sit in the kitchen and listen to your Bible study. This is probably 12 years ago. And this man ended up coming to this church. His name was Brian. He was an ex-roofer. He came to this church, and he was baptized in Jesus' name, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and he was coming to this church regularly. It was so awesome. But the lady he was living with, she, she passed away. She died. And so he moved out of this state to a play, another place. And years later, he called me. And he was struggling. And Brian said to me, Gary, he said, uh, man, I got to get back in church. I said, bro, just give me your, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm rejoicing. I'm excited. I said, well, give me your address because our organization, you, you, you type in UPCI Church Locator. It's great. You type in a, a, an address, and it will show you all the churches in drive, all in your whole area, like the top 10 churches closest to your address. And so I said, give me your address, and I pulled up a computer, and I typed it out, and I typed his address in, and I looked, and I scrolled down, and I was like, wait, and I scrolled some more, and church the closest UPC work to this man was 91.5 miles away. 
That was before I was serving in North American Missions. And I already had a passion for North American Missions for different things that happened to me in Wisconsin. But you want to talk about a passion being birthed in me? And that's why when sometimes when I'm gone or I travel and I'm in meetings or I have to go to something, I thank you for sharing me with our district because I'm passionate about this. And, and so I want to help here at our local church, but I want to have my hand in planting churches in the state of Missouri. And I thought to myself, I thought, never in my life do I ever want to have another conversation with a human being to try to send them to a church where it's 91.5 miles away. We've got to have more churches in North America, and we need to have more churches in the state of Missouri. You see... This is real stuff. We need more churches, more church planners, more pastors who have a burden to plant churches, finances to do just that. People that say, well, I'm not called a pastor, but they have a burden to go into church plants. You know, everybody wants to walk in where there's great music and great children's stuff and great this and great that. But you know what? Planting a church is very hard, and there has to be people who come alongside of the pastor. A thriving apostolic work in every community you know, Brian might li live in another state, but here in Missouri, we have 35 counties without a UPCI presence. Sure, some are small. Well, that one, I know that county. There's not many people there. It doesn't matter. When you say, when someone says, if there's not many, that means nothing to me. Is there at least one? Because the, the, the Bible that I read, Jesus would stop for one Samaritan woman. He would stop for one leper. He would stop for one person who couldn't walk. He would stop for a dead man in a tomb. I read about a story about a Savior who just stopped regularly for one person. And so our district board came up with a vision to plant 300 new works, including self-governing works, preaching points, and daughter works. And at that time, we, we, at that time in October, this is just a few months ago, we had, in Missouri, we have seven, 171 works in this state. That means that by 2030, we need another 129 works on top of the 171 that we have. That's a tall task. The naysayer would say, it's never going to be done. not going to happen. But the person of faith says, why not? Why not? And this is just new works for, for those of you. And I'm taking time, and I know some of you might say, why are you explaining this, this district stuff? We don't need to know all this. You do need to know this because this, this church, we're building a building not just to build a mega church in one facility. We're building a building so we can continue to make disciples, train leaders, and plant churches. The next 10 to 15 years of Refuge Church are going to include knocking that number down just our church. So I want you to know that. And a preaching point is where somebody, let's say there's, it starts with an evangelistic outreach. I want you to, I want you to get this, okay? So let's say you go into a town. This does not just, don't, don't come up to me today and say, I'm ready. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'll go start one of these. Go ahead. Where you want to send me? No, 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 no. You have to, if you can't teach a Bible study, you don't belong pastor in a church. So it starts with, let's say somebody goes into a city and starts teaching a Bible study, and it's 45, hour and a half away. Well, 
that's a tough drive for some. So now you start teaching, and they invited their family, and they invited their neighbors, and now you got 11 people in your Bible study and 15 people in your Bible study, and you get done with the Bible study, and they say, well, why don't we just once a week just get together, sing some songs, and just preach and give us a message? And, and so that's a preaching point where now the evangelistic outreach and the Bible study has turned into something greater, and you fill out an application, and it's kind of a testing the water. We might plant a church. So we're not totally sure yet, but we got about 10, 12 people here, 15 people that are coming, and once a month, we're just going to gather, sing some songs, preach a message, and see what happens. That thing takes off. Now we got a daughter work. So for us, we might say, okay, you're going to be a daughter work out of refuge. We're going to help support you. We're going to pay some of your bills. We're going to take you on and help you get that church up and running. We might even send you two families to go help you. And then that church becomes a self-governing church and goes before the district board and the North American Missions Committee, and they get self-governing status. So these numbers include all of these types of new works, including preaching points. Again, I want you to get this because we're going to be a part of this process. And so we decided as a committee, as a district board, that by July of 2023, we would have, because we wanted to hit the net, next benchmark. That seems kind of big. So what's the next thing? If we're at 171, what, do we, what does it take to cross 200? And so we started talking. We decided, you know what? We can have 46 new works by 2023, July. That's district conference here in Missouri. And so in the next 20 months, our district is going to plant 46 new works to take us over 200. That's two. 2.3 new works a month, giving us 217 by July of 2023, right? And so since that meeting, guess what's already happened? Just since in October, we approved a, in, in Missouri District, a preaching point went from preaching point to self-governing, meaning that their preaching point did what, it's, it, it, it did what we had hoped it would do, and now they're a self-governing work. We have started a new daughter work and added three new preaching points. Guess what? We now only need 42 more works in the next 20 months. And today in Missouri, we now have, we have 13 missionaries on status, making up 149 self-governing works, eight daughter works, and 18 preaching points. Why am I telling you about district information when you're like, why are you telling me? Because we are going to plant churches, and when you give to Christmas for Christ, you're not just dropping money in a basket because a pastor called for an offering you thought you should be a part. No, you're saying, what am, God, I'm a steward of your resources, I'm going to write this number that you tell me, and I am going to be a part of changing lives in the state of Missouri. A thriving apostolic work in every community. And when you give these church planners who are out there and, and, they're, and they're trying to, oh, who should play the instrument? What, where should we rent a building? And how are we going to get people? Should we do mailers? Should we spend money on Facebook ads? And they, they try to figure out things. We are coming alongside of them. And some of your giving goes to a North American missions retreat in the, in the city of Branson. And we pay the way for every single church planner in Missouri to come and converge in that area. And, and we bring out Chad and Tiffany to, to care for all their youth kids, and we bring out a children's ministry team to minister to their children because church planners, they're giving, giving. In most cases, they're working a full-time job, and then they're coming and trying to work on a church, and, and so we get a retreat for them, and we say, we're going to bring you away, and we're going to bring in a, a proven church planner that's seen God do great things, and they're going to pour into your lives, and we're just going to pray with you and encourage you, and it's such an uplifting thing for them. We pay the legal fees for starting up new works. We pay to help new works get a website launch, two district events a year where they'll go to 
camps, conferences, ladies' conference, men's conference. We pay a revival expense to bring him in a speaker and preach for them so they get a day off and they can, and they can listen to a preacher and a preacher and have an outpouring of God's spirit. We, we give them one-time housing facilities and, and subsidies and, and other emergency expenses that arise. When COVID hit, we bought a few of the missionaries' cameras so they could stream their services. Why am I telling you this? Because when you give for Christmas for Christ, you are helping plant a church in so many different ways. You partake in the biblical model of plant, water, and increase. Your offering helps plant more churches, but your offering also helps water existing churches that have already been planted. And your sacrifice is already resulting in an increase that God is giving. And why do we do this? Because it's biblical. It's the will of God. Look at Mark chapter 138. Jesus says to them, he says, let us go. Where? Where? Into the next town. He didn't say, disciples, I found a good piece of land. This is cheap. Just build a mega church right there and make everyone come to you. Never once do I see that in scripture. He says, go to the next town. Let's go. I got to preach there. Luke 4, 42. When it came to pass, he departed. He went to a, des a I wanted to say, dessert. <laughs> Getting a little hungry. But he went to a desert place. And the people sought him and came to him and stayed and, and stayed him and that he should not depart from them. He said, no, I just stay here. Let's build a facility. Let's just worship right here. He says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Luke 9, 6, they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Sounds to me that God put his spirit and he called people and, and commissioned them not to just stay in one place. We got to go heal everybody. We got to go take this message to the next town, not just another place. Oh, global missions. I love global missions. But do you know how global missions in the United Pentecostal Church gets funded? By strong North American missionary, missions churches. By strong North American churches. That's we, we, we fund our global missionaries. Jesus says, we need to go to the next town. God certainly called us to make disciples, to reach our community, but he never intended his church to just settle in one place, look inward and say, if you want truth, just come to this address. In the near future, this church is, we're going to be sending and planting churches. At the very least, we will be financially supporting the people who do. Here at Refuge Church last year, 2020, even in a COVID year, this is a very different message. I appreciate you just being patient with me. But I want you to see this. This is a vision stuff. We gave in a COVID year the most we've ever given. This church to Christmas for Christ gave $6,000 last year. Or it's going to be more this year. We gave almost $6,000 to global missionaries. That's outside of North America. And we gave almost $10,000 to regular monthly giving to North American missionaries. We partnered, we partnered years ago. 
we said, you know what, we were, we were, we were supporting as a church. We were a very small church. We said, we're going to start somewhere. We're just going to start anybody who comes in, because each district has sections, and we're a part of Section 10. In each district, we're like, we're, we said, you know what, whoever comes into this area, the greater Kansas City area, we're not territorial. Well, this is my area. Are you kidding me? We got 34,000 people in the City of Liberty, and we get about 150 in a Sunday. Go ahead and plant more churches right here in our city. I'm fine with it. I'll financially support them. Why? Because for me, we got a, we got a, we got a world to reach. And so we said, we're gonna, whoever comes into Section 10 or leaves Section 10, we're going to support them monthly, financially, as a church. Then all of a sudden, 2017 rolled around. And some of you, anybody remember this? Raise your hand if you remember this story. 2017, there's only about maybe eight of you. We had an annual business meeting. And I started sharing the story about how God was just dealing with my heart about moving to the next phase. Because guess what? It is my dream that we as a church, eventually, every not, not just Missouri District regionally, but how about across the world? How about North America? That we support every church planter on the entire continent of North America. Guess what? That's about $180,000 a year. Church, hear me. We will be doing it at some point. If you believe that, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm with you. I believe that. $180,000 a year, we are going to support every church planner on the continent of North America. We're not there yet, but we can't just stay here forever. So we said, Section 10. I said, I'm just feeling like God's prodding me to let's move it to the entire state of Missouri. And let's support every church planner in the whole state monthly financially we probably had 80 people at that time it was a stretch it was a little nerve-wracking the place we felt the power and i don't know if the 80 of you that remember this that were there or that we just started clapping we felt the power and presence of god so strong in that place and so we made that decision can i tell you we want to talk about oh god he'll bless you financially if you give the tithe we talk about it on finances on a personal basis but how about a church basis for us we decided our board hey if you give your tithes and offerings, we kind of feel like we would love to, as a church, to tithe on the tithe. Meaning that if someone, when we look at our tithes and offerings that are given to the church, we want to make sure that 10% of that is not staying in this building, but we're actually sending it out to plant churches, global missionaries, missions, and all of that stuff. So that's what we aim to do as a church board. And so what happened is, is after that moment, we're like, ooh, this is going to be nerve-wracking. I sent in a thing to our district office. I think we had about 15 missionaries on status at that point. And we started supporting all of them and sending them a monthly check and financially support them. Do you know that since that moment when we did that, the tithes and offerings of this church have gone up 103% since we made that decision? Why does that matter? Folks, if that doesn't happen, you see the way this works? We're a part of what they're doing. We're a part of these works. But if that doesn't happen, we're not building a building. We're not looking at construction of new property. God says, if you can be faithful in the small things, now watch what I can trust you with. Not just on a personal level, but on a level of corporate body. You ought to give your church board a hand for their vision for handling finances, too. 
And so this has allowed us to go. As we give, the Lord has blessed. This church will never stop giving. I know one of the first concerns we had in a board meeting is one of, one of the people on our board said, I'm all for the campaign starting construction, but we can never stop giving to missions. I looked at that person and said, you have my solemn word that that will never, ever happen. 2015, we gave just over $10,000 to missions giving. Last year, we gave almost $30,000 to missions giving. Church, we got this vision. God, our, this is a global church. This is not just build a facility and sit here. And so when Jesus said, go to the next town, we take that literally here. We want to plant more churches. We want to give more to plant those churches. And, and there's a saying, some give by going, others go by giving. I know not all of you are called to plant churches and go to global missions. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the kingdom, but hopefully not everybody's leaving. If you are, God will he'll, we'll figure it out. But we're in an exciting time here. Not only is there a thriving apostolic work here in Liberty, getting ready to build that new church, but, but, but not every city is blessed like this one. We sometimes take our blessings for granted, don't we? Right? Look at this map. It shows the number of works in every county. It's broken up by counties. This is the state of Missouri. And look at those maps. And, and the, the red one, you say, well, St. Louis has got 14. You don't need any more churches there. Are you kidding me? A large metro area, you probably need 40 churches to do your job. All the white spaces are counties in Missouri that have no UPCI presence. That's your state. That's your state. Oh, we're having great church here. We're building a building. But let's not forget the mission. The mission is every white square, every white area, a whole county without an apostolic church. If that doesn't just ache your heart a little bit, I don't know what will. If that doesn't say, I'm going I'm to give to Christmas for Christ, or I'm going to go plant a church, or I'm going to begin to bombard heaven in prayer. <laughs> you see, because today we're going to preach this, and, and really you're going to do one of four things. You're either going to leave and do nothing, you're going to give to the offering. You're going to go plant a church, or you're going to start holding it up in prayer and bombard in heaven to cover those areas in prayer. And so you look, look at the list of counties. Where's the next slide? Oh, actually, no, I didn't say. Never mind. We're going to stay there. Look at look at all those white squares. That is the list of counties: Ozark. Douglas, Shannon, Dallas, Dade, Cedar, St. Clair, Bates, Benton, Osage, Miller, Montiel, uh, uh, Callaway, St. Genevieve. These are all counties. that have no UPCR presence. Thank God for North American missionaries who are willing to go into unchurched or underchurched communities with this gospel message. People just like this short video by a minister named Mark Brown who went and planted a church in rural South Dakota. And now he's actually trying a new model. He's leaving there and he's starting to travel circuit, circuit preacher. And he's starting to plant churches all over the state over the next couple of years. Take a look at this video.
I love South Dakota. I've been fortunate and blessed to live here for 15 years. My wife and I, we moved here, uh, we were 22 years old, and we graduated from Indiana Bible College, and the Lord spoke to me as near all as I heard him to go to South Dakota. The superintendent at that time, Gary Lake, he, he spoke to me through this process and said, I think it'd be good for you to go to Watertown and, and relaunch a, a church. And here is uh, where it began, this house on the corner. 509 George Robbins built it back in 1971. He would work 40 plus hours a week. Any extra money he had, he would buy material to build a building on a property that was purchased by Christmas for Christ and She's for Christ, a team together. And I have the plaque here today and uh, what happened was uh, after, after he finished building it, George Robbins moved on. And since then, people would come and go, stay for a year, then leave, or stay for five years, then leave. And uh, so my wife and I, we found ourselves coming. And uh, we lived on this property for four years, about. We lived in that basement uh, down there. And it was a very difficult process. It was a very hard time. The first five years was the most depressing in my life. Went through some very difficult financial times. Um, I remember I remember one time we didn't have anything to eat. And uh, my wife and I were trying to figure out what we're going to do. And it was the most difficult Bible study I ever taught. I, I basically went through scripture with my wife to help us not feel bad about using some of the church finance, which was very little, to get something to eat. Another tough time was uh, I, I, I couldn't even provide for my family. I remember sitting in a, a parking lot at social services, looking at the door, and I felt shame to go ask for help to get finances. But I remember the long walk, getting out of my car, walking across the parking lot and um, we went through some really difficult times financially spiritually but Christmas for Christ helped us when we applied they helped us be able to purchase groceries monthly etc and uh, you know today we're sitting in a miracle literally uh, we're in a 1.3 million dollar building and property four acres of land and all came you know, this, this plaque that I held up, it's got this, this picture of this acorn. And that was really the inception of the church in Watertown, was a seed planted, an acorn planted. And it may to some not look as much, but there's always been potential in this city. It just somebody planted and somebody had to water it. You know, you might want to call me a church waterer maybe. And... Uh, People have sown tears years after years after years. And finally, something has sprouted, and we are sitting inside this miracle. But Christmas for Christ has been a part of the whole process since the inception back in the 70s to when we landed here in 2006. And here we are in 2021, and there is a thriving revival apostolic church in Watertown, South Dakota. And I can sincerely say thank you to the United Pentecostal Church. Thank you to North American Missions 
Because when my wife and I had nothing, we were struggling. And when people started giving to us financially, it communicated not dollar amount, it communicated heart. Like, because I was literally, as I would hold that check in my hand, I would hold that offering in my hand, my wife and I, we would hit the floor and we would thank God, we would, we would just rejoice over it. Because I saw that people believed in us. People I never met, and some I did meet, that they invested in us. And that's what, that's what finance is. It, it communicates someone's heart believing in you. And sometimes when you're alone and you're out in the backside of nowhere, you know, trying to build a church in a remote area, you wonder if anyone knows you, if anyone even cares. But when somebody gives to you, that's, that's the treasure of their heart saying, I believe in you. And I want to emotionally, spiritually, and financially invest in what you're doing. And I can't say thank you enough to United Pentecostal Church International and North American Missions and Christmas for Christ. And this type of offering started in the 70s. Guess when this church that you're sitting in started in the 70s. And guess who received the very first Christmas for Christ allotment in the state of Missouri? The church you're sitting in right there. Diana Snyder, her father, planted this church. And they received the very first allotment of Christmas for Christ. And you're still reaping the benefits of this offering. You see, if you're a guest here and you're thinking, yeah, I went and he, he just preached about money, you missed it. No. M the offering is the avenue that funds church planting. I'm, church, I'm planting among communities, counties that need a church. You see, after his resurrection, Jesus gave the Great Commission. And he said to his followers, Go. Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. The fulfillment of the Great Commission, go teach to reach the world. The fulfillment of that commission is dependent on the local church. Global missions is funded by the local church. How could a church not have a burden to plant more churches? When you look at that map in Missouri, how could we not have a burden today to plant more churches? Today, I not only call for an offering that we officially take up next week, but anytime you want to give online, just make sure you choose CFC or Christmas Christ. But it's way more than that. It's an investment. It's, it's to say I'm investing in vision. I'm investing in church planning. Today I'm calling for not only just the offering, though I'm calling for some young men and women, maybe some older men and women, to begin to pray, to look at this, to look at this community and to look at this, this map and these counties. I'm, I'm praying for something that there's an acorn he referenced Mark Brown reference that's put into the ground and, and although I love having you in this church and I love seeing you and, and people say I don't want to lose anybody no I don't look at it losing I look at it as investing I'm praying about some men and women who are sitting in this place or watching online and looking at a county and saying what is keeping me from planting a church 
If you're a guest here and you say, man, I've just been here a couple times, you don't have to say, well, that'll never be me because I have a long way to come. Listen, God's got a great plan for your life, and you might not be ready to plant today, but two years or four years or six years from now, you might be the one that we're calling to the front here and we're saying, today's their last service here. They've planted a church in this county. Let's let gather around and begin to pray with them. And we just pray for a church planting team. What I'm talking about today is more than just dabbling in a ministry. I'm talking about stepping into a call. I'm talking about doing hard things, things that make an eternal difference. If all you're looking for is comfort, you say, I'm not fasting because I get hungry when I fast. I'm not going to overnight prayer meeting because I'm tired when I go, what? Of course, these are sacrifices. I don't want to go to a church because it's small and it's hard to try to plant a church. You're absolutely right. But there are 35 whole counties in this state without a UPCI presence. There are places in North America where someone has to drive almost 100 miles to hear truth preached. And we need to determine as a, as a church that we're going to take back territory from our enemy, which is the devil. Counties and cities need UPC churches. You think about it. God forbid I never served in a battle or a war, but I know people here who have. I know, thank God for James Chester who went to Iraq. I, I'm thankful for people like that. But I know at a time of war, at a time of war, the only way you succeed is if young men and women step up. We have six UPCI Bible colleges on North America. Oh, great. Guess what? Globally, we have 600. We need more churches. We need more Bible colleges. We need more young men and women being trained on how to take this message out to a lost and dying world. We've got to prepare more young men and women for the battlefield. We need to pray for young, and women, young men and women who know how to pray, who understand spiritual warfare. I know if you're here today, my Lord, the spiritual warfare, does anybody still talk about that anymore? I thought in churches that we just talk about Jesus and he died for us, and that's wonderful, but what about the nitty-gritty of the of the daily life and planting a church you better believe you go into a county where there's no church all of hell will rise up against you it's not a popular topic anymore but the bible paints a picture when you read it of the spiritual realm and it is a battle. Ephesians 6 says, finally, my brethren, Paul writes to the church, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That doesn't sound like, wow, it's just, we're going to just go sing a song and dance. He says, no, you're going to do something for God. You better put on the armor. He says that you can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take ye unto the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I'm talking to young people. God's calling some of you to great things. But it's not just going to be youth conventions and, and conferences and youth congress. It's it's going to be some things where you better learn how to get on your knees and how to fast and how to bombard heaven, how to say, you know what, today there's going to be a battle. There's going to be wrestling, but I'm going to put on the armor and I will not stop. I will not quit. 
1 Peter 5, 8, Peter writes, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Your enemy wants to kill you, your family. He wants to take you up. He wants to discourage you so bad that you leave the church and go look elsewhere in drugs and sex and alcohol. He wants you to get out of here and feel like there's no hope here. The, the, the devil's like a roaring lion trying to devour you. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of, down of strongholds. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I'm come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I think we forget about these scriptures. We are in a spiritual battle right now. And there are whole, when a church goes into a county, the, the church and the spirit-filled believers begin to fast and they begin to pray and they begin to circle their city in prayers and they begin to withstand the rulers of darkness. I just, I just imagine a county without a church and there's nobody there to try to fight back darkness. There's nobody there that says, I'm here because it's your last day in this county and I'm ready to put on the whole armor of God. I'm ready to pull out a sword and say I'm going to fall at times and I'm going to keep fighting. I'm just going to, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. We need some counties where some spirit-filled believers walk into the county and say, this is your last day, devil, of having complete control of this county. Let me see that map again. Let's see the map again. I long for the day when some believers walk into Shannon County and say, I know that there hasn't been a presence here, but today's the last day. I look forward when someone walks into Lafayette County and says, I know that nobody's been here preaching spirit outpouring and water baptism in Jesus' name, but today's the last day. I'm walking in here, and I know it's going to be a battle. I know I'm in for the fight of my life. I I know it's not going to be easy, but I remember sitting on a row with some of my youth, and I remember bombarding heaven, and I remember just praying and fasting, and I'll tell you what, I'm a child of the king, and I'm ready to fight. It's time for men and women of the United Pentecostal Church International to rise up for war. I'm sick of the enemy and the thief getting to roam free without resistance. You know how many million people are in San Francisco? Millions? We currently have one UPCI work in San Francisco. What? How many millions of people are in lower and upper Manhattan, New York City? We currently, in the heart of downtown, do not have a UPCI presence in New York City. So the UPCI has a program now called Metro Missions. It's like global mission, but you, you, you travel around to churches and raise money to go into a metro area. You get financial support. Why? Because guess what? If I left right now and sold my house and said, I'm going to go buy a house in Seattle. I'll be, I'll be having a bunk bed. And that's it. 
Same thing with New York, same thing for San Francisco. You buy a million dollar house in San Francisco, it might be 800 square feet. And so, metro areas need churches. How about right here in Missouri? Ferguson. All the riots happened there a while back. We have no UPCI presence in Ferguson. There's almost 20, there's 21,000 people there. Webster Groves up there at that area, 23,000 people. Webb City, 12,000. Columbia has 121,000 people. We only have one work. <laughs> if they reach 1%, 1% of the community, how big would their church be, huh? Over 1,000? 1%. How about right here? Harrisonville's not that far away. 10,000 people. There's no UPC presence. How about right up the road in our own section? We got 30,000 people in Raytown and there's no UPC church. I'm praying. I'm praying for this row right here. You guys might be young right now. You say, man, I'm just in high school, but I'm praying that this message resounds with you. I'm praying that there's something being birthed in you right now, that over the next few years, you never stop dreaming about planting churches. Because you're in a place with a pastor who believes in you and will help you get to that point. I'm praying for some people here that are saying, this is not just another Christmas for Christ offering. My Lord, I got to do something. I'm going to go myself. I'm going to pray for these areas. I'm going to give more than I ever have. I got to do something to get a church in that area. Oh, there needs to be a burden here today. Do you know for the first time in our organization's history, for the first time in our organization, we had our merger in 1945, for the first time in our organization's history, we have more money than missionaries. People are settling in churches, but they're not planting them. We've got to have a revival of men and women that feel the call to do hard things. That respond to what God is saying in their hearts and minds. It's easier right now to get money than it is to get a missionary to start a church. We need church planners. We, need, we just read scripture about spiritual wickedness, wrestling evil principalities. The devil is a roaring lion. A spiritual war and a thief looking to kill and destroy. But I'm looking for a person who's willing to go into an area to begin to push back the darkness. It won't be, if it's not going to be us personally, it's got to be somebody. and We got to get on board somehow. What CFC is, war is costly, not just the sacrifice of human life, but the financial preparation for war. And as I close, I invite you to stand to your feet today. We need church planners. We need more money to send church planners. CFC makes this happen. So again, if you say, oh, I... I heard that guy preach. He just preached about an offering. No, you, no, I'm not just preaching about an offering. I'm preaching about 35 counties in our own state that don't have a UPC presence. I'm preaching about a Columbia, a city with 121,000 people that only have one work. 
I'm preaching about people right now who are lost and dying and hurting and broken. And they can't just run up the road to the UPC church because one doesn't exist in their county. And I'm looking for men and women to say, you know what? What do I need to do to start this process? I want to be a part of planning a church. I'm looking for people that will begin to say, give me that map, email it to me. i got to begin to pray over every single county. I'm looking for people to say, I want to be a part of this offering. i got to give more than I've ever given. Why? Because I want, to, I want those funds to go to people like this. I want those funds to go to a Metro missionary because when you give 60%, it goes to the national office. And that's where things like Metro missions, it goes to Metro missions. It goes to, to people who are going to, I just met a guy who's planting a church in Boston. He's a Metro missionary. And he just, he just fulfilled his, his time on the field raising the money. He's got enough partners. And he runs around to churches and begs them for money. And then they say, well, go ahead and support you for $50 a month. And when he gets enough of those people, after going church to church and getting partners, he goes into a place and the real work begins. Because guess what? In a liberal town where there's, where there's not a lot of people and, the, and, the, and there's people that are the ideologies that are against the word of God and there's universities everywhere they are teaching things contrary to the scripture. You got to walk in and say, hey, I'm here. I'm here and I got a message of hope and I got to find a place to have service and, and I got to find people to reach and I got to find people to sing songs and teach children and I got to and I got to make sure that I don't I'm gonna keep my own kids as my priority, but I got to go in and I got to find ways to plant this church in Boston, San Francisco, in New York City, in Dallas, in San Antonio and I got to go in and I got to get into all these places and And if it's not going to be you, then we got to figure out a way because I cannot just sit back and do nothing. I cannot just stop. I cannot just say, good message, pastor. Hopefully someone goes. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be me who goes. Maybe I'm going to give and send someone who goes. Maybe I'm going to grab this map and bombard heaven and say, I might not live right now in St. Clair County. I might not live in Andrew County. I might not live in Gentry County. But you better believe I'm going to start bombarding heaven for that county right now. I can tell you that Sister Diana years ago grabbed a Missouri map and on her own dime, she said, I just want to go into county seats where there's no church. And she started driving in various parts. Her husband was still alive and, and she'd leave him and, and go and just travel for a weekend at, on, on her own dime and at her own time over the weekend. And she'd go pray and she'd take days off and she'd pray and she'd pray. And there's several places where she went and prayed for a county seat and there is now a church there. And I believe it's a direct result of her prayers. And so church, what I invite you to do right now is several things. I invite you to start praying about planting a church. I invite you to start praying about what you're going to give to CFC this today or next week. I invite you to begin praying and bombarding heaven over the next several weeks and months and years for these areas. And I invite you to come and find a place to pray. And I pray, I hope, I hope you're bringing a burden. Maybe you might not be the one that goes, but I, I hope everybody feels some kind of a burden. Maybe it's a burden for San Francisco. Maybe it's a burden for New York. Maybe it's a burden for Boston. 
Houston. Maybe it's a burden for, for Shannon County, Douglas, County, Dallas, County, Columbia. I don't know, but I just, I just hope somebody just finds a place to pray today and, and just begins to say, God, if you can use anything, use me. Use my finances. Use my time, talent, treasure. Use my, if you're calling me to plant a church, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, God, what I'm capable and not capable of doing. If you're calling me, then open the doors, God. If you're calling me, then prepare me, Jesus. God, I pray, God, what do you want me to give to Christmas for Christ? Lord, I just, I got to have a burden for this state. I got to have a burden for these unchurched communities or underchurched communities. God, help me. Help us. Rise up, new leaders. Rise up, men and women who have a burden to plant churches. Maybe this is why Jesus said, pray for laborers. The fields are ready. Pray for laborers. 